Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass for an episode 262. Glad you could join us. We got a bit of a smaller crew in a different format today, but let's get started with some introductions starting at the top of the list with Jason. Hey guys, it's Jason here and uh, looking forward to a quick discussion, but we thought we'd kind of do something a little bit different tonight and kind of pick a couple neat topics uh, based on some of our op observations coming out of E3 about the, you know, some different kind of aspects of games that we enjoy. So looking forward to a uh, good chat tonight. All right, Libby, you're up. Hello, I'm Libby, and I uh, play the video games. <laughs> it's Monday, so I'm fried as usual, but I'm happy to be here. And I am Pokey Draven. I obviously help post the show here and do the YouTube stuff, and I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV, which has been fun. Looking forward to the expansion coming out, so pretty excited. But on to our topic. So uh, it's probably because, like, like Jay said, more of like an open discussion um, about some things that we're just kind of seeing floating around and and kind of break it up from our usual just news cycle. So I think the topic we were going to... Folks, I'm going to assume that that was a doorbell. That, so... that was a doorbell. I was I took my push to talk <laughs> also and get cut out later. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that's someone's at the door. Um, Anyways, we are going to touch on kind of like character creation and customization that we see in games and kind of the things that we like and the trends that we're seeing and, and maybe some of the things that we don't like. So, you know, this is this is kind of a, a pretty good topic because I think that, you know, typically how we've you know gone through um, more modern games, you find that more and more customization and um, character development and that sort of thing is you know, it's a bigger part of the gaming experience. And people will jokingly say, even though it's kind of true to a point that, you know, the true end game is the cosmetics or the glamour or, or you know, the character creation, that sort of thing. So, you know, it, uh, it, uh, it's becoming more important, I think. And it, it's kind of interesting to see how different developers and different genres have kind of approached this. And, and they've gone a lot of different directions in, in how they, they kind of execute on this. And it's a really good topic, I think, to kind of go over. So um, where do you want to start, Jay, with just kind of the, some of the trends we're seeing or things that you like? Well, um, a, a little bit of kind of the background of it. So we were, we were kind of looking for things to talk about tonight. And, and you're kind of in this natural sort of post-E3 um, you know, everybody's sort of spent, you talked a lot about a, a lot of different news topics and really there's generally this kind of normal lull in the news cycle. So what we were kind of kicked around before the show was what are some of the, the things that we saw that, that we wanted, you know, just aspects of games that would be fun to talk about. So that's where character creation came up, come up with. So I think most of us in here, well, really all three of us, you want know, to say most of us, um, we, we have played a lot of RPGs in the past in some form or fashion, and uh, it, that's what struck me is a lot of games that are attracting me to, you know, at least current model games, it's what I can do to make the game mine or make it a personalized experience. And a lot of times that really goes back to character creation. So um, I, to kind of go into the Wayback Machine, where this comes from is generally out of the tabletop seat. Uh, and in your classic pen and paper role-playing games, that was the whole idea is that you could personalize the game or the story uh, to yourself and, and to sort of your imagination of what, where you wanted to go with it. And a lot of those, those pen and paper RPGs eventually became sort of the CRPGs, which then became sort of your MMOs and your current gen, um, you, you, the current expression of RPGs where things can be very, very customizable from a visual standpoint. Um, and then you had certain games that were really good at it in terms of weaving in parts of your backstory, which would then sort of give you different notes, either dialogue options or interactions, you know, Mass Effect came to mind. I think there's been a couple other ones out there that flip like that. Um, uh, for example, Outer Limits are, uh, is supposed to, not Outer Limits, um, not Fallout New Vegas, but in Outer Worlds. Thank you. But Outer Worlds character creation model, at least on the videos I saw, looks very similar to that where there's different choices based on your background, which kind of drives a lot about your character in the game. And that's kind of what struck me is I thought it'd be kind of neat to talk about. Um, and, and interestingly enough, you know, even outside of the physical game, like in my mind, for example, like as just part of my own little escape fantasy, I view... Uh, like the character that I build in Ghost Recon Wildlands is the same character that I have in Division 2. 
So I sort of make this mental leap that, you know, because those game universes are, you know, kind of loosely or nominally connected. Um, and, and there's all kind of different things like that. Cause I tend to find, you know, that I make characters that are, um, different reflections of myself in some cases, depending on the game, which is, again, it's about that personalization. And that now my wife, interestingly enough, she takes the opposite. She wants to make a character that is absolutely not like her. And that's part of her sort of personalization uh, aspect of the game. So that's, that was a little bit about where the topic came from. And, and I was just kind of curious, like, uh, uh, if we kind of go around the horn, like, what is the first time you remember actually, like, personalizing a game based on your character? That's a good question. Um, funny enough, I think the first game where I really got into character customization wasn't even an RPG. It was Soul Calibur 3, which is, uh, it's a fighting game, you know, if you're not familiar with it. Um, like, like Tekken or Street Fighter, but it's more swords-based, but regardless... Um, I really got into that because I, I got it like on the GameCube or something, usually PlayStation Two or something like that. But it had a character builder, and like that's kind of what started it all for me. Um, you know, you could have you'd unlock different pieces of outfit, and you could change the character how they looked and that sort of thing. And it was really rudimentary. You know, it was like PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three, I forget what. But um, that's kind of where I got my start. I think probably the first game where it was really you know, really heavily RPG focused where you're really customizing is probably Fallout 3. Um, and those games are kind of known for that where you, you really dive into, you know, the, the background of your character and how they look and the stats and the skills and how you build your character. And it was just like, holy shit, this is great. Because um, I didn't play like Final Fantasy games before that, but they didn't offer that same level of really granular control like you had in, like in a Fallout game. So that was probably where I started. Living. I can't remember. Um, it's a question of when I started caring, I think. And I think it was probably... Hmm, I can't re- I don't know. It's, it's recently, like, uh, creating my character in Final Fantasy. Like, I, I, could, I could feel Pokey cringing back there, but that's when I really started actually caring what a character looked like. And that was, like, three years ago. Wow. Okay. So I, I think um, I can remember kind of my initial Dungeons and Dragons gameplay, and actually, is even before Dungeons and Dragons, like Marvel, uh, like the Marvel Marvel comics, like Marvel superheroes. They actually had a tabletop role playing game uh, that that was like literally the first RPG that I played, uh, like pen and paper style, when I was maybe um, like in. I want to say sixth or seventh grade, maybe something like that. Um, but the first video game was actually a that, that I can remember doing this in was actually a uh, an early uh, CRPG uh, game I played in college. I think it was Dark Suns, uh, or it was like a it was a Dungeons and Dragons. It's a very unique kind of world uh, from D and D called Dark Suns. Um, and then over the course of the years, I kind of get you know, continue to be attracted to those kind of games. Um, so interesting. I like how you said that too, Libby. Is like the first time you actually started caring about it. And I, I'm not sure at what point I did. I think it was always because I really wanted the stories to be mine. I think I was always I was always very fascinated by it. But kind of fast forwarding to um, you know more recent times, some of the things that I, that has that ha- I've caught my eyes like once you got past sort of you know picking like a color palette and male female a color palette and like a role like a class like a like you know fighter mage thief you know whatever um i think the first time i had a really uh interesting period of uh like where i was really actually interested in character creation was maybe mass effect one because that i think that was the no i I take that back um, I played Vampire Masquerade, like the tabletop RPG, a couple times. I always like like the, I, I'm one of those people that will devour rule books, but often not play the actual game just because I'm fascinated by the game mechanics and the backstory. Um, their character creation in Masquerade was really good, the tabletop piece, but I didn't play that. The first time I remember really, really like taking a fresh take on it was I think Mass Effect. 
because that was the first time I remember a game asking me questions about my background or how I felt about stuff, which then generated change in the game as in, in different things as part of the character creation itself. Um, kind of curious, like, like when you guys kind of go through it or go through a character creation thing, what are some of the things that, that jump out that you really kind of are interested in or look for in a character creation thing? Like I, like for me, anything that kind of gives me a chance to mold the actual backstory that affects the game, or at least even some very minor way, that's always one of those things I kind of hang my hat on. I'm kind of curious for when you guys look at it, is it really cosmetic or is it something that maybe affects the game or, or is it, you know, somewhere in between? Well, I'd be lying if I said the cosmetic aspect wasn't usually my, my primary focus um, in most games. Um, like Final Fantasy, for example, it's, it's very important to me about the, the way the character looks. But the game is kind of centered around It's a third-person game, so it's, it's, it's got a lot of focus on that. Um, so that, that is important, but I, I think that, you know, I'll use Fall as an example because that's usually a pretty good, a pretty good way to... to to look at these things is, you know, for me, I, I think usually not so much, maybe like not really from a role-playing perspective, but what kind of gameplay experience do I want to have? Do I want to have a, you know, a big tanky character with heavy guns? Do I want a stealthy character? Do I want to see if I can do this entire game just, you know, talking my way out of every situation? Um, really kind of planning ahead and theory crafting like exactly how I'm going to get to this ultimate character of, of how I want them to be built is usually kind of how I look at it. Um, not so much from a role-playing standpoint in most cases. It's more of a, like, how is this going to affect my gameplay in a meaningful manner, and, and what's that going to look like when I hit, you know, the level cap or, or whatever the ultimate, uh, you know, goal is. I have a question for you, too, since you're both males. When you create oh, your characters, <laughs> do you create your characters... Um, and I want to say to look more like you, do you choose female characters in certain situations or certain genres? Do you choose female characters? Do you choose characters that you create that you're more attracted to? I mean, what, what you know, drives your creation when you're doing it? Uh, over to you, Pokey. <laughs> she, she asks because her and I have had this conversation before. Um, so for me, and I didn't even realize um, that I was doing it. She kind of pointed it out, but I realized she was right that if it's a if it's like a tactical game like The Division or Ghost Recon or something like that, where it's usually kind of you know more tight action focused, um, I tend to play a male character with usually a bit older, kind of scruffy. Um, that's kind of the general framework I'll, I'll work myself into. If it is a more fantasy-oriented game like Final Fantasy or Soul Calibur or uh, even Destiny, I will usually more default to something a little more exotic, like a female character, um, something that's a little more diverse in how they look. Um, so it's, it's more the genre that usually dictates which direction I go with it. If it I guess a good way to put it, if it's grounded in reality, like, like I said, like a more tactical, realistic style game, I'll stick to a male character of a certain look, and then anything else can be anything else. Um, so I'll go back and forth depending on the game, usually. Um, so I, I, I too have noticed, so just for, for frame of reference, Pokey's character in Division 2 is maybe one of the better depictions of him in real life that is translated that I've seen. The exact same haircut a much more lustrous beard, by the way, in the uh, in the actual game. But you have this yeah, very like shake of look going on in Division Two. Um, so I tend like it's you, you bring up an interesting thought here. So I've done this a couple different ways, and it kind of sort of depends on the actual game itself. Um, I I do think that in some cases, the more realistic the game, I it tends to be. I tend to make it a little bit more like myself. Um, so, for example, um, in Division 2, like, the character will, you know, if I could make them, like, 6'2", with gray hair and about 200 pounds, that looks like, uh, you know, probably a former athlete that is too old to be an athlete, that's pretty much what I look like. Um, and, and so I tend to make characters that look a lot like, like my, like my Wildlands character is very similar to that. 
but like I, I've done kind of all kind of different things. Like I tend, I like um, uh, in Destiny, for example, uh, I've got characters of all kind of all kind of different flavors uh, in terms of uh, whether they're an EXO or like an Awoken character or stuff like that. D and D is probably a little bit different in that you could pick, you, you know, or or um, uh, maybe not something that's more current. Um, God, I've drawn a blank on the name of it. It's a console, uh, console RPG. That's like in like not, not Eververse. Jesus Christ. Uh, totally drawn a blank. Uh, console RPG. Yeah. Super huge Skyrim. Skull, all there, you the, go. there you go. Yeah. All, whatever the base game, like all those Skyrim type games. Uh, like a lot of times it, it's kind of neat to, to pull something totally different, like a different, like a totally different non-humanoid race. Um, I have picked, uh, female characters before, uh, you know, probably more for, to see how the playthroughs are different, you know, things like that. Uh, but yeah, I tend, I tend to, like, if I want to play a game, a lot of times it's more like I try to get immersed in, uh, like the, the, the game itself, you know, or like the character in the game. And I think it's just sort of natural. A lot of times that you tend to pick. Uh, your base gender a lot of times will fit that because it's probably easier to select, you know, like at the subliminal level to relate to. Uh, but I like, like Horizon Zero Dawn. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. You know, f- you know, female protagonist. Like it's one of those where I don't shy away from games with female protagonists. But I think when I'm selecting a character, I, it's sort of just easier to to relate to mentally if you're trying to like immerse yourself into the game. Like that, for me, anyway. No, I completely agree. I'm just curious. I usually make female characters. Um, the immersion aspect of it always has been interesting because um, I don't know if everyone knows or not, but I'm black. And uh, early character no. creations. I know, not, it's crazy. I, I, I woke just, up and no, found out. I thought, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I, I just thought I was catching your, uh, I've been to the beach. I, my bad. <laughs> And uh, early character creators um, didn't go that far in the um, the skin tone range. So I always started out with the character creation of going uh, as far tan as I could, which was usually um, like a mid-tone, you know, like Mexican color, right? So um, it, it's funny because uh, Pokey asked me, you know, why all my characters carry the, a lighter tone, and I just... I never thought about it, but that's just always the tone that was available. So that's where I was. So I was just curious, you know, to where, you know, people see, you know, if they pick someone looks like them, because that's, you know, the the mindset that they're in, or, you know, if they truly go full fantasy and, and try to go and imagine themselves as a completely different person altogether. So it's interesting. No, I think that's actually kind of a neat, I've kind of wondered that because you, to me, sometimes it's kind of fun when you can like totally go into a totally different direction. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like uh, my division person is like I think uh, I, very forty-year-old Asian <laughs> Asian lady with gray hair. <laughs> so <laughs> way different. Now that that's that is funny, and it's interesting because I've I've run into people that have told me I can't play games with. If the main character is a woman, I, I can't play it because I struggle to get into it because I can't relate with the character, um, which to me, I just I, it doesn't it doesn't click with me because for me, I'll, I'll actively choose to do a wide range of things. But for some people, like you said, Jay, um, it's it's easier for them to relate to a character if they if they match that person in, in real life. And then for some, it's it's essential. So it is kind of curious to see how you've got a wide breadth of people and what they're willing and what their preferences are in terms of, you know, how they, they connect with the character in a game. Yeah. Interestingly enough, you know, when you do like character creation in terms of relatability, I, I find that, um, you, you know, I'm sitting here, this is the first time I've ever really examined this way in my head, but like, I think gender is the most consistent thing that I'll, I'll need to match just because it's, it's sort of more maybe baked into identity. But like the outward appearance beyond that, like in terms of like literally the race of like like the uh, not necessarily the humanoid race based on the melanin in your skin, but like 
Are you like a cat person? Are you a space dragon or whatever? Like that, that all is mildly relevant to me for some reason. Like that doesn't actually, you know, or a robot and, you know, or an exo, you know, like in destiny, like that doesn't actually phase me too much. Um, hmm, that's interesting. That's, it's kind of fascinating. So, um, in terms of kind of what, you know, just kind of moving, moving into a slightly different version, like, what is what are the things you guys look for is like kind of the standard like you're sort of like hey this is this is the level of character creation i want to get into because i i like so let me i guess we should frame this what's the highest end uh whatever you want to frame as high end level of character creation you've ever seen in a game uh you know versus like what is it that you think is hey this is an acceptable level or this is maybe not enough i'm just kind of looking for kind of a parameter like high end, low end, sort of what's, what do you expect? Like when you, when you pulled up, if you pull up uh, like cyberpunk, what should you think you should see when it comes out? Or when you pull up, um, you know, a, a, a game, any kind of game coming up in the next six months, what's your baseline expectation versus the highest end that you've seen? Okay. I'll take a crack at that. So, um, <sighs> The thing is, they all do it a little bit differently, so it's kind of hard to pick just two for benchmarks. But um, I'll, I'll say, like, probably like the low end of what I would consider is like good, and I wouldn't want to go much lower. It'd probably be like Monster Hunter World. They have a character creator. Um, it's got it's got a decent range of options. You know, pick your face, pick your your hair. You know, pick your eye color, um, and then your your clothing outfits are, are pretty robust. It's 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 workable. I enjoy it. It's fine. Um, then you've got things like in, in the biggest tragedy of Anthem was the fact that its character creator, its its armor customization system was fantastic. Um, you've got that level where it's like you are picking, you know, the pieces of armor or clothing, and you can adjust individual zones of color um, in that. Um, you can adjust the type of material. The sorry, what was that? Yeah, no, I was sitting there. I was like, I was sitting there reminiscing about the worst game that was the most fun to play I've had in a long time, and like that, like I would say that armor customization was like that was as good as anything I've ever seen. Like in terms of the look, I mean, you could do textures, color, pattern, weave. I mean, you could get you could do space Barbies for a long time playing that game. Oh yeah, I, I was I was drooling over. I'm like, this is great. And then I played the game. I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> you know, like I probably will never play this game. But that's a good benchmark for like the kind of stuff I like to see. Um, another thing that I see a lot of games do, and, and the Fallout games will do this to an extent, where um, I, I like having some control over like the face of my character. What gets overwhelming for me is when there are like. 36 different dials for the size of your character's nostrils like it, what ends up happening is i end up just kind of like tweaking everything and then there's this horrible monstrosity at the end and i go fuck it reset to default and pick a default face like that is almost too much and like I, to a degree it, it's nice to have that control but it's it's so granular that it's actually kind of a turnoff for me i kind of get choice paralysis and if it's there and people love it fine but it actually kind of puts me off a bit. So I don't tend to care for that much customization. Like I said, tweaking small things, like give me like five jawline options and five nose options and five eye shape. That's fine. But I don't want to need to change every single little parameter of, of a character space. That's, that's not a thing for me. Um, but you know, to, to kind of your point, like cyberpunk 2077, I think that's, that's actually a really great place to go because that game and how they are setting it up and particularly the genre and type of world it's in um when you're in a game world where modifications and changing your appearance are you know it's canonical it's part of the story um it's really important i think to have a lot of control there um so for that it's like for me it's i like to have a shitload of hair options um clothing options you know implants things in the face i like i don't need all the tiny little details but i want to see you know you know, uh, LEDs and glowing shit and, and change my eye color and put, you know, little cool things in the eye. Like, anything that's going to let me really tweak, you know, um, 
really outwardly appearing appearing things is is really important to me. I don't need to play with the nostril size. I don't care about that. But I, I think you know what I'm trying to say with with the kind of things you'd expect in that world. And and give me for everything that I can customize. Give me an anthem style uh, level of customization with materials and textures and specularity and luminosity and and in color. Like give me all of that. That would be fantastic like all of what anthem had going on with their customization you can slap on top of you know the best of another character creation and i would be ecstatic that's pretty fair what about you Libby? on top of all that i like uh, being able to go back and edit when i like to ah <laughs> because you know you're always happy the first go through but you always go back and go ah especially for me it's always hair color pokey nose i'm always like yeah you know i was happy with that but you know i i get that i want to be pink today you know yeah no so i i think um i like when there's a lot of options so having a lot of presets is good but then having some sliders and options that you can quickly move around uh what is annoying to me though is maybe when the controls are so fine that you have to slide the bar all the way to, to the left and right side of the spectrum to understand what the change is, or it's just, it's not obvious what you're changing until 30 minutes in. You're like, Jesus Christ, I'm, you know, I'm not Picasso. I'm not, I'm not a professional digital renderer. This is starting to become problematic. So I'm kind of with you on that pokey, like, like, um, you know, basic faces that you can do some, some easy swap outs or something like that is kind of, kind of cool. But with a ridiculous amount of like hair color, hairstyle, facial hair, tattoos, inks, eye color, you know, body mods or whatever. I do also like it when you can physically change the model, like taller, shorter, thicker, you know, skinnier. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I like that. I do like that a lot. You tend to miss that. Even ones that do really good, uh, they'll do like really good facial. Um, like facial customization, but a lot of games generally don't see your own face. So you will spend a lot of time space barbing, but you really don't ever know if you've actually done anything in the game. But what you can see is like your outward model. And so that's, that was one of the things I kind of, I kind of thought through. Um, I, I, I do think one of the better customization options, believe it or not, was EVE Online. I thought that was actually about right, generally, what you could do with your character. It, you know, they've tweaked it over the years. Um, there, there's a few that are like that, that are floating out there. But again, it's things that you can, where you can, look if you wanted to play like, uh, like a big bruiser kind of person or, um, you know, a more like ninja type, you know, like uh, gymnast style or something like that. You, you have, that, that to me made a lot of big, a lot of differences. Um, what I've also noticed is that it, it would seem like they would spend a lot of times they'd spend more, like I said, more time on things you're not going to be able to see versus things you can. That's a little aggravating. Um, the other thing that, that I pick up on in terms of, uh, options that I really enjoy is when the class or the abilities can somehow, they give you a different physical feel as well sometimes. I, I do kind of like that. I, I, I think kind of wrapping it out, other than just the aesthetics, you know, like when I'm do, doing character creation, um, I, I really revel in like RPG systems. I really just enjoy the systems engineering kind of mechanics and like trying to, not so much the min-maxing part, although you, you tend to do that anyway at some point if you game for a while, but like during the character creation, that's really where your imagination starts sparking is both the physical, the aesthetics of it, like the look you have in your mind or on the screen. And then it's like, okay, well, how do I want these powers to interact or these abilities to interact? And in some cases, do they, do they give you like a more visual cue? Like a lot of times it's very, it's very common. And like, if you pick something that's like uh, ice-based powers or fire-based powers or electricity-based powers, you know, elemental things, you'll get like, hints or codes, you know, like nuances around your character, they'll pick that up. Like it might spark or like have like flames, they'll dance around them occasionally or something like that. Every once in a while, that's kind of cool. I enjoy it when those capabilities sort of reflect a little bit more in your character. Um, an example of something that would be cool to me is if you picked 
a lot of medical, like, uh, like healing traits or medical traits, like your gear, like on your physical character, like it, let's, you, you know, like you would tend to have more like medical bags or like things that look like, you know, little red crosses on some of your extra pouches and shit like that. Or if you were, you know, like if it was more of a powers based thing, uh, and you like, you know, like I said, if you had more of an arc or electricity based power set that you would occasionally see that like Thor style in the, in the eyes or at the fingertips and stuff like that. Little things like that, that translate over from what you, how you want to play the character in terms of how the character looks. That's really cool. Um, I think one of the games that did that best might be Fable, the Fable series definitely sort of lent, lent, lent itself to the, your play style um reflected in sort of how your character looked and, and i thought that was really really neat and that always kind of captured my imagination and i kind of wish there was more of that there was a little bit more more to that um destiny a lot of times you see it done with armor you know or or the clothes but destiny you don't really change the physical size of the character you just sort of change how big your shoulder pauldrons and your helmet is um which is kind of a, a little bit of a lost thing i mean i, mean, I kind of understand why but I, I could sort of, I could sort of kind of get behind that, you know, and occasionally I guess you could change your, like the physical box based on like race. Like sometimes like if you're playing more of a fantasy style, like if you've got a, uh, you know, like the elf, the elves are elven character, characters tend to be like a little thinner, uh, you know, trolls or orcs tend to be a little bit bigger, you know, like that kind of stuff is always kind of interesting, but um, more control over that. And again, how you, like your play style or how you want the character's abilities or capabilities to flow, maybe being depicted. That that's that's something that I think is really neat. No, I think it's a really good point, and it, it can even be something as simple as like the Division Two, where um, the, what your skills you have equipped will show up as devices hanging off of your backpack. Like that's really cool when you clip on like your little hive thing and it's just dangling back there. Um, it, it's nice. It's kind of a visual cue. Like, remember this is what you have equipped, but it also kind of adds to that immersion of like your character's actually carrying this thing around. And when you use it, they reach back and grab it and throw it. You know, that's that's really cool. Yeah, and other people can see that. So I, you know, you know, that's that's kind of neat. And so I think that's part of it is it's it's not just cues for yourself, but it's also the cues for particularly if it's a co-op or competitive game. Like I think that's to me that's a big deal. Yeah, no, I think it. I think it adds a lot, and I, I wish more games would do it or have, you know, like some like some indication of like when you when you equip different things, you get little gadgets on your belt or lights on your arms or, or whatever. Something that kind of makes you feel like I built my character this way, and they have this this reflection of 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 that, you know, on on the actual character model. Like it would be really cool if. Because like in let's say let's say Fallout again, Fallout you can control a lot of aspects of kind of your how you know how bulky or beefy your character is or and whatnot. But then you have stats that you allocate, you know, strength, agility, you know, luck, that sort of thing. Um, and those things aren't necessarily tied together. You could have a giant, bulky, muscular-looking character and have them with a stat of one for their strength. But I think it'd be really cool as if you had an RPG where you were selecting those um, those stats, and, and let's say you were leveling up strength really high, and your character would, you know, get bigger. Like, they would do that. You'd see a more muscle definition of the character, and they would look larger as you level up those stats. Or if they have, you know, high agility, something else changes, or, you know, little things like that. So it feels like your character is literally growing as you level it up would be really cool. And you just don't see that very often. I've never played Fable, so I'm not sure um, how, how deep that system went. But just something along those lines would really kind of help connect, I think, the build and the appearance of your character. And that would probably interest me a lot more because that would be really kind of cool to see the results of the stats I picked and what kind of character is going to look like if I built them that way, you know? Yeah, so like just a quick quick tap in Fable, um, you generally had there was three basic attributes. It was uh, it was like strength or body or something like that. Then it was uh, uh, so basically it was like physical strength, uh, magic power, or dexterity, or call it skill. And and the characters tended to like as you played those styles, um, they began to reflect more of that archetype physically over time because your character actually ages throughout the game. It develops physically throughout the game. And then interestingly enough, whatever you were eating or whatever you were using as your health 
health items, the more quote unquote healthy the item was, it also affected you. So if you tended to eat like a, a lot of meat, like, like a haunch of meat or a pie to gain health back, you would tend to get more bulky and occasionally tubby. Uh, and, but if you ate a lot of vegetables or whatever, or fruit, you would tend to stay leaner and leaner, you know, that, that type of thing. Uh, and interestingly enough, all like I've seen other games that do, that do this. Um, your choices, particularly if you kind of had the classic good or evil route, that would change your physical appearance as well. Um, if Fable did, it was big into that. You actually, if you went too far to the, to the, to the bad side, you actually grow like devil horns or something like that. Uh, the Knights of the Ro like a lot of the, the Star Wars games where you kind of go Sith or light side, Jedi or Sith, you tend to get like those kind of very obvious visual cues in your character. Um, it, things like that where your character develops physically, well, that's not necessarily a, I mean, you could argue that that's a character creation standpoint or certainly a character development uh, activity. Uh, but like I said, all those kind of choices that you make about who your character is when you start, or maybe you, you continue on this journey. It's kind of the neat thing about RPGs. Like you continue to actually create your character as you go. If you're, if that's part of what you're, you're drawn into that game for. Some for some great games, you can go through like a 10 minute, 15 minute character creation you know, job, or you can just start with the default and say, fuck it. Um, the, it, it, it just maybe is more about the game or less about whatever. It's whatever attracts you. But I know I tend to spend a lot of time in the character creation stuff. Because if it's a game that I end up investing in, I really want to make it like my game. Uh, but I, I like seeing those different overtones and, and the skills and the powers and stuff like that. Um, you know, and, and kind of on the you know, the other side, I really also like open-ended character creation, you know, from like attributes, stats, skills, powers. I really like the more open-ended style because you can get those, you, you experiment with hybrid builds which often don't turn out to be great because games tend to be min-max flavored, but there it's more about, how, like you said earlier, like how you want to play. Do you want to be like the jazz hands and smooth talker guy? Do you want to just smash stuff? What do you want to do? Um, in the character creation piece, I actually will, you know, I really enjoy it when those systems are really deep and really, uh, you really have to kind of do some homework on what does each one of these stats mean? You know, like how often do I, do I think it'll come into play? Like what type of, Weapons and skill options do I want down the road or downstream? Now, I don't try to, like, spoil anything. You know, like, you go to the Wikipedia and, like, look into a game. But I really enjoy, like, trying to experiment with that. And a lot of times I will try to find um, – I will try to do different types of playthroughs. I don't try to – I don't do the same, like, archetype every – you know, trying to fit it into each game. I do vary that up quite a bit. Uh, so I guess that would be the last thing, like, sort of when you're building out your skill tree, your initial skill tree, your path – like that big open-ended style, I really like. I, I don't really like that pigeonhole, you know, pick fighter, pick pick mage, you know, pick long range, pick short range. I, that doesn't, that's not as fun to me. And I think when you have a really open-ended style, you know, system like that, it allows for, you know, you can always do like the kind of standard builds, but it allows for some like really weird, crazy stuff that's maybe not optimal, but can be a lot of fun to play as where, you know, you, like a good example is like, you know, Fallout, you typically have like, guns and stuff like that but you can have a character that is like a boxer you know and runs around basically punching people's heads off all day and doing weird stuff like that it's probably not the most optimal but it does allow for at least you know more unique play and that, that really does add i think to the replay value because you can come back and there's literally you know millions of ways you can build your character that keeps it kind of fresh and, and gives you a, a meaningfully different gameplay experience each time well, one thing you brought up a minute ago, which is actually something I want to touch on, was systems where you have um, character morality, where you know, like, like Sith or, or Jedi or, or good or evil or whatever. Um, in most games that do this, it's very, you know, bilateral. It's good or evil. There's there's not much more other than which which side do you want to pick. And usually, it's really obvious what a choice in the game is going to push you more towards. Um, which is fine, but I think it's a little old. And I, what, kind of what I would like to see in the game is something where it maybe, you know, there's a lot of like out there personality um, 
tests, you know, where there's like the, the Myers-Briggs test, for example, where you've kind of got like some key attributes and depending on which side of the needle you, you land on, there's different permutations of what your, your character type would be. Um, and it would be kind of cool, I think, to see a game where you would have choices where, you know, it's not good or evil, it's how do you handle the situation? And as you make choices, you know, you're, it, it kind of pushes one of those several needles towards one direction or the other and you kind of build out the personality of the character and, and you could have like you know for myers-briggs for example there's like 16 uh key personality types and there's this four indicators and they combine in different ways to get those 16 personality types it would be cool if your choices affected the world but also affected your character and actually how they would interact with people the dialogue options you would get would be a reflection of the kind of choices you made previously as you've kind of generated this, this personality. And it's not so good and evil. It's more of like, just what kind of person are you and less of a, you know, are you an asshole or are you, you know, a paragon of justice? I, I love to see something more involved in that rather than just the really simple, you know, you want to go red side or blue side. That's, that's kind of old, you know, it's been done several times and it's, it's, it's a little flat, I think, and I'd love to see them kind of evolve and come up with a more interesting way to kind of handle morality and how your character behaves and that sort of thing. Now, do you get to do you get to evolve your character? Yeah, I mean, the, you you could you know start to change how they interact with people and then change that personality over time if you know you realized, hey, I'm kind of being a dick. <laughs> Maybe I should change that. Maybe you want to continue to being a dick, um, but each choice would you know, kind of change, you know, what side of several different needles you're on, you know? That's actually kind of a neat idea. I, I actually sort of like that. Um, the the thing that, that springs to mind is like, again, you know, I kind of go back to, you know, sort of the, you know, the, the OG RPG of, of D&D, like in sort of their, uh, their alignment system, you know, sort of the, it was uh, uh, chaotic, lawful, neutral, and then, uh, no, chaotic, yeah, uh, yeah, chaotic, lawful, and neutral, and then it was like uh, you know, like good, evil, good, neutral, evil, and sort of in that little matrix style. And you know, long story short, you, you could it, there's a pretty well defined sort of path of how these characters would react in different situations, and, and sort of allowed originally allowed the DM to describe. NPCs in a way is sort of almost like a storytelling or an NPC creation guides kind of um, because the reality is, is it's sometimes very difficult to, to role play some of those different archetypes but it would be kind of cool if you could do that and I've seen a few games attempt some they would use a similar I think even some of the TSR game you know like some of those Wizards of the Coast games would try that where they, you could do a uh, your your alignment would sort of uh, offer you different dialogue choices. I think that's a very rudimentary way of getting after what you're describing, but I kind of like that idea of like, you know, it's, it's, if you think about it, it's sort of a natural progression. So the, the easiest way to build a, uh, a character is to physically build it, you know, like color palette, look, shape, size, you know, the aesthetics of it. The second level is really when you get to customize how much depth you get into what your character can physically do in a game. And then I think the third one which is what we're kind of dabbling in here and there, and I think you're going to see more of in the future is um, who your character is. And I think that's, at least that's what I hear you kind of saying. And I, I think that'd be a really fascinating thing for more people to kind of look into. Um, off the top of my head, like a game like Cyberpunk, you know, like anybody, CD Projekt Red would be like a group that you would want to take something like that on, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because CD Projekt Red, I mean, um, with Cyberpunk, you know, I... I, I role play a little bit in games, but like that one in particular, just because of the setting and generally what they're describing the gameplay is going to be like, I'm definitely more interested in role playing and I, I want to see how deep that can go um, rather than just, you know, a couple shallow options in terms of if I want to be nice or mean, you know, um, something that's a little more evolves over time and, and I've got a little more depth to what I can do as a character and how I interact with people. I think that would be really cool which is of course a huge ask for a game that's that size and that much dialogue like i know it's insane but as a gamer that would be very appealing to me as someone who wants to role play um a particular character not just in a gameplay sense but in an actual character sense yeah no i think i think it's spot on libby what do you think 
No, I think that's pretty cool. It adds another dimension. Like you're you're talking about uh, what is it a what is it a Z axis <laughs> when you're doing character creation? But I I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, anything to add more depth? I think to just the the good or evil. You know, let me play around in more space than just that. And I think that would be really cool. Just from a morality and a personality standpoint. Um, I want to have a little more control over that without having 10 billion text options. I want it to feel like my character is the person I made them to be because of the actions and things I've done in the past throughout the playthrough. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I you know, to kind of, kind of round out sort of the discussion, I would say um, if I look at the games that are out there that I'm kind of interested in that are coming up, um, so Ghost Recon Breakpoint is going to be a, you know, like there, there's a character creation component, but it'll be very cosmetic. It's just cosmetic in nature uh, predominantly. Interestingly enough, there's a fair, there's a, a fair bit of like backstory and lore to a lot of the characters that happen in there that if you ever care to really dig into, uh, you can find a lot on them, but I'm not that, I'm like, I'm not that emotionally attached to them. So that's, you know, that'll be something that, that you t I just tend to kind of, just have some fun with on that one. But I think going on to the far side, um, Outer Worlds, I'm fascinated to see how that character creation could work. Mostly because they've made a great deal of effort to describe how you can play that game with wildly different play styles, wildly different. Uh, so you can choose a lot of different interesting options on there. Uh, and again, there's a lot of choice-based things in terms of when you're going through the character creation options. You're, you're, I think the you're being asked questions, and it's like, well, is he more like this or is he like that? Is it a he or she? You know, that kind of stuff. That could be fascinating. So that's one that I'm really looking forward to trying. One, just I'm fascinated by the game. But I, th I keep coming back to uh, Cyberpunk 2077 just because I know how detailed that character creation is in the tabletop version of Cyberpunk because I used to play it. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, by the way. Um, it's it's not a very easy game to play. It's definitely like you got to have like a, a a fucking advanced calculus degree to, to play it. But it, you know, it's there's a lot to it. Um, and then how they're de depicting that world. And it, there's an interesting article on Game Informer from CD Projekt Red where they talk about character creation, including transgender options and all kind of you know. They're, I think they're definitely like really leaning hard into character creation as, as a real fundamental component of, of that gameplay experience in that game. So I'm really looking forward to those, like those in particular, like, uh, you know, Cyberpunk, which is maybe my most anticipated game for in a long time, as well as, um, you know, Outer Worlds, like that for, for slightly different reasons, but sort of in that same genre. Uh, interestingly enough, if I go way into the other end of the scale, I'm very hyped about uh, Star Wars Fallen, Fallen Order. But that's very much your God of War curated uh, mono-character mono protagonist sort of experience. You know, there's, there's room for, for all of that in your gaming experience, but just in terms of how you get into a, get into a game and get into into part of that, a large part of that to me is either the story is really, really good and you're drawn in, a la God of War. Um, I think that's a good example. Or, or even Red Dead. You know, I, I was not, I am not high on Red Dead at all, but I, a lot of people like it mostly because of the story that you get driven into, like in the, in the you know, second 20 hours of the game. You notice the, the shot I took there. Um, or it's all the way up in the front part where you're you're making the game yours up from the character character creation. So I think that's at least sort of my take on the whole thing. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be uh, particularly except for Cyberpunk, it's going to be really cool to see where they go with. Because I think they've got a lot of opportunity, and if anyone's going to pull it off and do a really solid job, I think CD Projekt Red will will be the ones to do it. So I'm I'm stoked to see what they come up with because um, as I said before, I'm ultimately a fanatic when it comes to spending like six hours working on a character because that's the part of the game I really like. Um, I'm looking forward to what they come up with and for, you know, other publishers and games coming down the line, you know, there's, there's a lot of good stuff. So I'm, I'm stoked and uh, excited because I think it's becoming more and more important, you know, to, 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 to the market and the developers are, are definitely supplying a more robust uh, 
set of options for that sort of thing. So it's 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 fun, and I'm excited. Awesome. Uh, and Livy, any, any kind of roundup thoughts? <laughs> Wrong button. Sorry, I got uh, distracted by kid at grandma's house with fever aggro. <laughs> <laughs> um, it never fails. Of course. Um, but no, I think it was a pretty good discussion. Uh, you kind of good to wrap this one up, Jay? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go into some shout outs then. Uh... Ooh, me, me, Okay, me. go ahead, go ahead. Okay. So mines goes to Huffington Post for having Keanu Reeves play with puppies for five minutes while answering questions. I don't know what the questions were, but the puppies were cute. Keanu Reeves was all right. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I like how Keanu Reeves is like become like the cool guy on the internet now. Like everyone's just falling over him and it's great because he's the best worst actor ever. Right. Like he has new screensavers on the on a I think it was like an Apple Watch that when you flip it over it says like uh, what did that person say you're you're amazing or something like that oh you're you're breathtaking or whatever you're breathtaking yeah, yeah. <laughs> or he plays a little animation of him in, in Cyberpunk you know wake up wake up samurai you gotta have to see you to burn down <laughs> yeah um, no that's that's pretty good uh, my shout out is gonna go to actually Libby's brother. Um, I'm amazed she didn't like steal this one out from underneath me. Uh, so we're we're playing Final Fantasy and and we're trying to get caught up to be ready for the next expansion. And, and one of the big hurdles is getting a, a weapon that's a, a proper level to to kind of make that jump. Um, so we're kind of having a hard time with it, but uh, her brother hooked both me and Livy up with this good stuff. So shout out to him. I mean, he doesn't listen to the show, I'm sure, but uh, he's a cool guy and I appreciate it. So uh, yeah, and Jake, you're up. Okay, um, I like I can't say his name uh, like like not on the air anyway. But there's a there's a there's a buddy there's a buddy of mine out in uh, San Diego that uh, designed and built a phenomenal uh, robotic system that that's really really neat. Uh, let me just put it this way: we like the drones that you play in Division Two are strikingly similar to what this guy developed and, and invented. Uh, and he was coming up with some very comical use cases for how to use them. Uh, and so I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. But he, he knows who he is. Uh, shout out to him. Like he, he's, he kicked, I, I just literally was casually, you know, kicking a couple ideas around to him about a week ago. He sends me a video doing all of that and then some. Uh, so. My shout out is to, to those people that are like 55 times more smarter than me. Like I'm, I'm like a good idea guy. Like there's actually like smart guys that really come up with what those ideas can do. Uh, so shout out to him. All right. Sounds good, man. Uh, and that is our show. I want to thank you for tuning in. I thought it was a pretty, pretty good discussion. I, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. So we'll have to do this again sometime with other topics. So if you have any ideas for topics, head over to uh, biomass.com and let us know. We'd be more than happy to take a look at it. But that being said, we'll see you next week and be safe out there. Awesome.